Welcome today to our online internet church service. I believe that God has prepared a spiritual buffet table for you today and things that will be said under the anointing of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God will provide you with the spiritual nourishment and knowledge of God that you need to walk in victory in every facet of your life. We're going to jump into the Word of God uh, in just a few minutes with today's message. But first, let's honor the Lord by receiving the holy tithes and offerings and honoring the Lord with our finances. I would like to read to you a few verses from the book of Ruth with something that is very important for us to understand as believers who want to see the touch of God in our finances. Uh, first, let me read to you from Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Now, Boaz, who ends up marrying Ruth, his name in Hebrew means strength. And it says here that he was a man of great wealth. You, you must understand that great wealth is never accidental. There are certain principles that are being worked that honor the Lord that when applied cause a person not to walk, but to run cause a person not to crawl, but to fly. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at one of those principles today. Now this is going to be found in Ruth chapter three. Let's drop down to verse nine. I want to read this to you. Something fascinating that we see into the life of Boaz, that his wealth was not accidental. Okay. Ruth chapter three, verse nine. And he said, who are you? Now, of course, this is the midnight moment where Ruth is laying by his feet and this uh, wonderful encounter takes place. And he said, who are you? She, so she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative. Then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning and that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now listen to verse 12. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. That's Ruth 3, 9 through 13. We see here the, the, the story of the kinsman redeemer. I'm not going to go into the full meaning of that because that's a message in itself. But I think that we need to look here at the life of Boaz and see a great definition of a man who had ethics. What does the word ethics mean? The word ethics can be defined as moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. We see in the life of Boaz a person who is determined to do it by the book. God, through his servant Moses, laid out certain laws that we would call the law of the kinsman redeemer. And these were protocol instructions that were to be followed in the situation when a man who was a husband died before his time, leaving behind uh, a spouse, uh, sometimes a spouse uh, who had children. And there were regulations that God instilled that these things be carried out so that a family is not left destitute or without a, a legacy. Praise the Lord. And Boaz is aware of that teaching because he's a Jewish man. But this is what he says. It is true that I am a close relative. 
However, there was a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. In order to operate in covenant wealth, there are key covenant principles that we must follow. In order to walk in the financial favor and blessing of God, you must, without exception, also, like Boaz, follow strict adherence to biblical financial ethics. Again, ethics is that of moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. So Boaz is a person that's going to do it by the book. Here, here is what some Christians would do today who would not have the ethics and the morals of Boaz. Here's what they would do. They would do something like this. They would say, Ruth, I'm so glad you're here. And really, I've been watching you. I know that you think I'm a great guy, and I, I think that's wonderful. And, and look, I like you. You you like me. And the, even Naomi, she thinks this whole thing is of God also. And I'm really into it. And, and you know what? I, I just can't resist. I, I, I want to take you tonight. We're going to go get married. Look, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to fly to Las Vegas. There are several 24-hour wedding chapels. We might not get there till 2 in the morning, but by 3.30, we can do the drive through wedding chapel, and we can be married. Look, I know there's another kinsman redeemer that's closer to you, closer to you than even I am, and, uh, but I, I'm aware of that. But look, I don't want to blow this, and uh, we're just going to we're going to try to bypass the system because this is, this is of God, and I don't want to lose you. Mm. But Boaz didn't do that. He actually said, stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he, who is he? The relative that's closer to her than he is, who has first right, who has first shot, legally by the book, Boaz is second in line. Mm. And he says, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. Oh, but if not, <laughs> hey, I'm all over this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, my friends, we have to be willing to do it by the book. This, this brings up this beautiful um, quality that we see in Boaz. We see ethics, and we also see integrity. What is integrity? The definition of integrity is the quality of, Watch this. You've got to have this if you want covenant wealth. There, there is no other way around this. You can't short circuit this or shortcut this. Watch this. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. So it's rooted around the core quality of being an honest person. Well, but Pastor Stephen, they won't know we can get away with this. Besides, besides, if we cover this up, the other relative won't know. Maybe Boaz and Ruth can get married and move out of town. No, 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 no. It will be known. And no matter how much you try to hide it, even if you go to the other side of the world, it will be found out. It will be discovered. You've got to have integrity, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. So I want to say this today that if you want to be a candidate for covenant wealth, you cannot and you must not defraud people, steal from people, cheat others, lie to people, be dishonest, and yet somehow think that if you do that, the blessing of God will still somehow come on your life and operate and work in your life. It won't. <laughs> it just won't happen. You've got you've to understand wealth is not an accident. Somebody is doing something right now. I'm not talking about the mafia. I'm not talking about people who've compromised morals to get wealth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he, God, adds no sorrow with it. I'm talking about covenant wealth, gained and enjoyed the right way. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to work it by the book. Everything is going to have to be by the book. Praise the Lord. If you desire something, you must also be patient. 
You must be willing to do things according to scriptural principles. And if it doesn't work out, if the kinsman's redeemer who's closer than you says, oh yeah, I'll, I want to buy the right to that. I want to buy uh, that inheritance, and I'm also going to accept Ruth. I want to marry her. Hey, if if the first guy in line would have said that, you've got to be you've got to be willing to say, then it wasn't in God's plan for my life. And Boaz was willing to do that. Praise the Lord. You have to be willing to walk away from it if it requires you to be dishonest. You have to be willing to walk away from it if it requires you to lie or compromise biblical morals and ethics. If it causes you to compromise in any way the Christian standard, you must be willing to walk away from it. Praise the Lord. Boaz was blessed by God with great wealth. We saw that earlier in chapter 2. Boaz, as we see uh, here in this one scripture, also reveals to us the highest level of ethics and integrity. Because this is this is in the dark. This is something that maybe could have been hidden. But he said, no. We ha-, he said, Ruth, we have to do it the right way. There's protocol here. There is scriptural precedence for how this is to be laid out. Ruth says, come on, take me under your wing. He's like, yeah. I really want to do that. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> and, I'm, and, if, and if this works out, I'm going to. But we've got to take it through the right channels. We have to follow spirit, uh, uh, scriptural uh, guidelines for this. Don't ever compromise. Don't ever compromise. If you do, uh, your sleep will be taken from you. If you do, you have given the devil legal permission to have access into your life. And trust me, if you open the door, no matter how small it is, he will take it. He's a legalist. If you give him permission, he's going to be in there. And then you can't turn around and rebuke him and, and say, thus says the Lord, I rebuke you, Satan. He'll say, you can't rebuke me. You're the one that opened the door. <laughs> right? And you, you can have a real situation on your hand. And so you, you're going to have to do it by the book. You have to be, be willing to walk away from something if it's not if it's not uh, going right, and if it's not, it starts to go against the things of God, you have to be willing to say it's not of the Lord, okay? So he was willing to do that. He actually told her, in the morning it shall be that if he, w- if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. That's something that you can't control, and that requires not only faith, not only trust, but it also requires surrender. Surrender to the to the sovereign will of God, surrender to the unknown equation where you don't always know how that's going to play out, but you have to be willing to do the right thing. Integrity will always outweigh gifting. Pastor Stephen, that person can prophesy like you wouldn't believe. That's nice. Do they keep their word? Do they pay their bills on time? Do they show up at work and give a full eight hours? That's more important than gifting. I love gifting. I love the gifts of the Spirit. I teach on it. I talk about it. I wrote wrote a book about it. I love all of that. I love the anointing. I love all of that. But integrity, character, has greater gravity and greater spiritual weight than gifting does. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. God's taking you into this. He's taking you into covenant wealth. There is a path. There is a path. The path requires no compromise of biblical principles. And if you compromise and you gain something, you may have thought you got ahead. You actually, you actually can be in an area where your, your whole destiny can be destroyed. So it, it's, if, there's, if there's an illegal shortcut, if you break a scripture to jump over something to get somewhere, you didn't technically get ahead. You actually, you actually have failed a test. I was in my early 20s, and I was uh, being mentored by uh, a senior supervisor 
within the company. I was inside sales. He was outside sales. So when the calls came in, I took the orders, but he would be out on the field helping the, the consumer to have knowledge of the product, choose the right product, show the consumer how the product is installed and, and all of that. So he's helping me. He's mentoring me. So sometimes I went out on the field with him and uh, I hadn't seen him for a few days one time because he was traveling a lot. And uh, uh, he picked me up so that we could go out and uh, visit some of the customers, which was always fun to do. Kind of nice to get out of the office, but he was he was kind of in a bad mood. He was actually angry, <laughs> and I I won't say his name, but um, I just I called his name and I said I said you know brother so and so I said I said what's wrong? You seem um you seem upset today. Now he was a Christian, spirit filled Christian, talk in tongues, loved God. Uh, had a good family, loved his wife, loved his kids, well, went to church. Um, but you know, uh, you know, when you, when you are commission based and you can increase sales, maybe by doing certain things or stuff like that, you got to be real careful. You have to be careful with that. So one day he was in a bad mood. I said, what's wrong? He said, Stephen, he said, I'm up, I'm upset at what my pastor told me. Oh, I knew who his pastor was. His pastor was a fantastic pastor, sharp, uh, full of the word of God and taught the word of God in an uncompromised way. I said, well, what did your pastor say that made you upset? He goes, well, I went to my pastor and I told him about my blessing. (laughs) I said, well, what was your blessing? He goes, well, I told my, my pastor how, um, I, I, cause you know, this person is a, uh, he travels all the time. Now, this was years ago, uh, literally decades ago. So he told me about how he was out on the field, stayed in a certain area, uh, you know, promoting the product, stayed in the hotel, maybe maybe like four or five nights. But when he checked out after he left and he looked at the receipt, the the hotel had made a mistake. I don't, I don't know how they would have missed something like this. But back then, you know, the computer, we didn't have computers like we do today. But he only got charged for three nights. He stayed for four or five nights. But they, they made a mistake. And it was a mistake. It wasn't like you stay three, get one free. No, they just made a mistake. And they only charged him for three nights. And so uh, he was able to pocket the money that was not charged for the the extra nights. That was money that went into his pocket. So he told the pastor about his so-called blessing. And the pastor said point blank to his face said, no, that's not the blessing of God. That's you not being integrous. And you should have gone back to the hotel and say, you made a mistake. You underbilled me and I owe you this amount of money. And he was hot that the pastor told him that. And the pastor said, not only was it unethical what you did, but you actually failed a test. And now you're going to have to stay in, you know, this mode until you actually pass the ethics test. And oh, he was mad. He was mad at the he was mad at the pastor. <laughs> now, I'm years younger than this guy. And so it's not like I can say, uh, you know what? Your pastor's right. You, 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 you really, you actually stole from that hotel chain, but I couldn't say that. Cause you know, who am I? I'm just like, at that point, I'm a young person. He's this successful salesman. And, uh, he, he was light years ahead of me. So I didn't say anything, but I knew the past, the moment he told me the story, I was like, I was like, he's just mad. Cause he's convicted. And the pastor told him the truth. <laughs> Woo. But look, if you want to come in the covenant wealth, real wealth, where you sleep good at night and you didn't defraud somebody, you didn't cheat somebody, you, you didn't do somebody wrong to quote, get ahead. Because as we know that you're not getting ahead, it, it, you, you've given the enemy legal permission now to attack your finances, to frustrate your finances when you, when you do stuff like that. Look, if, 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 um, you know, you get the bill from the vendor and they gave you extra stuff and they, they made a mistake. You need to give it back. I've had that happen in my ministry. Uh, I ordered a piece of equipment from a, a Christian, um, uh, electronics company. And, uh, this is a large company and they sent me two and I only ordered one and I only paid for one. Now, this, is a, this thing I've ordered was a lot of money. This is not like a $50 item. This was a lot of money. They sent me two. 
and I called them and I said, um, hey, you need to resend me a return authorization because uh, I, I ordered and paid for one, but you sent me two. Oh, we're so sorry that we did that, uh, Pastor Brooks. Yeah, we'll get you a, uh, uh, an authorization slip, and we'll get that to you. That way you don't have to pay the shipping. We'll just send you the thing, and you can send it right back to us. And you know what? They never sent it to me. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that means that's God's blessing. That means you get to keep it. It means no. It means no. I need to get that back to them. Call them again. I said, hey, I've still got this piece of expensive equipment sitting here, still in the box. I've never opened it. I don't need it. I just need it one. And I said, I said, you, you need to resend me the authorization form so I can return it to you. Oh, yes, we'll get that right out to you. For another four weeks goes by and it never showed up. So I just said, I'm going to send it back to him. Right when I was about to send it back to him, a, uh, an itinerant minister was dropping by my office visiting me and I told him about that product he goes oh he goes um he said Stephen I know the he said I know the owner of the company and I'm actually passing right past I'm going right back by their um their headquarters so um just give it to me and I'll take it and I'll drop it off on the way because I'll give it to him personally I said uh, that would be good and I said it would be good to also tell him that <laughs> you really need to monitor your inventory a lot better that's that's how uh, a, a corporation begins to lose money when you're you're sending out the products like that. Anyhow, he got it back and took it back. But if I would have kept that, that, that would be theft. That's wrong to do that. Well, Pastor Stephen, they made a mistake. That's their problem. No, uh, it is their problem as far as running their business right. But if that shows up in my mail or on my desk and I didn't order that, and that uh, no, that needs to go back. And I need to do, as an ethical person, all I can in my power to send it back. I was to the point where I was going to send it back if I had to pay the postage. And, uh, you know, there's just certain things that you need to do. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, you'll be tested in this. And uh, don't think you can get away with something. Oh, that's got No, no. Do it by the book. Do it by the book. If you want to come in the covenant wealth, look, and you're going to have to do it by the book. And Boaz was willing to do that even if it meant... He couldn't get Ruth. Wow. You have to be willing to walk away from it if God's not in it. If it's not right, it's not meant to be. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. I could tell you uh, stories after stories of people that they're going to make it work anyhow. Forget the protocol. Forget this. We're going we're gonna to fudge the numbers if we have to. Woo! They may be cleared a hurdle, and then they hit the wall. Whoa, why? They let the enemy in, and he came in with full force. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we're going to honor the Lord with our tithes and offerings. I want you to write on your giving as you bring the tithe and offering in, whether it's online or whether you're sending a check-in, on that little notation area. I want you to put, I want you to put, Boaz integrity. Boaz integrity. What is that? That's honesty even in the secret place. That's honesty. Well, Pastor Stephen, the IRS will never find out. That's not the point. God knows. And by the way, the IRS probably will find out. It, it, well, you know, you never know. They'll probably not do an audit. Yeah, but, it, but the moment you do something, there'll be the time they do an audit. Do it right all the time. And besides that, this is not about the IRS. This is about honoring the Lord. We do it the right way. Work the principles. Covenant wealth is not accidental. It's that people are doing the right thing. Praise the Lord. All right. So we're going to write Boaz integrity. Boaz integrity. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, zip code. 28117. Make notation Boaz integrity. Boaz integrity equals Boaz wealth, by the way. Praise God. Now, those of you that are giving online, bringing the tithes and offering in online, visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. On that notation box, as you send off your tithe and offering uh, online into the ministry, put Boaz integrity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's essential that you operate in this in order to operate in kingdom covenant wealth.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. A person might not think they would, but if a person were to cheat on a $100 transaction, they would cheat on a $1 million transaction. Oh, Pastor Steve, when I get wealthy, I'll straighten up. No, no, you, you, you work it right, right where you're at. Follow it by the book right where you're at, and then you'll be stable all the days of your life, no matter how big it gets. Praise God. Father, bless your people with Boaz wealth and with Boaz ethics and Boaz integrity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You are on the path to blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you for your giving today. God is lifting you up to the high places. Let's go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4, I want to talk about what's in your house. Woohoo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's in your house? 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open our eyes to the, to the knowledge of the Scriptures, the working knowledge of the Scriptures, to the keys of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's a key coming to you today. 2 Kings 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Pressure cooker situation. Everybody loves their children. The last thing that you would want to see are your two children hauled away to be slaves. They got to pull them out of school. They're the art school doing their reading, writing, and arithmetic. And uh, here comes the, uh, the slave master in, interrupts the class and says, those two boys right there, yes, you two come with me. Uh, you're now my slaves. I own you. And all the other kids are going, whoo, I guess his daddy didn't pay the bills. Well, tough, tough situation on the line here. Verse two. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Hmm. It's good to ask questions. Good to ask questions. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Hmm. I need to let you know today that your miracle is not on the other side of the earth. Your miracle is not at the bottom of the ocean. Your miracle is not out in deep space, perhaps on planet Mars or Alpha Centauri. Your miracle is closer than maybe you've ever even realized. It's actually, it's somewhere in your house. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I don't have nothing. No, everybody's got something. I don't care if you're homeless. Everybody's got something. I've met people on the street. I, I've walked the streets of New York and D.C. and L.A., and I've seen homeless people. But I, you look at the homeless people. They've got something still, whether it's maybe it's just a knapsack on their back or a backpack or a shopping cart that they took from the grocery store and put their belongings in. Everybody has something in their house, in their possession. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Well, now, why is that important? Because you have to give God something to work with. Well, I just want God to do everything. Well, wouldn't that be nice if just God did everything and we just sat back and drank lemonade, laid back on the couch and watched God do it all. God, I don't have any part in this. I don't have any responsibility. Just do it, God. Just do it. But God is, was, and always will be a faith God. And when you understand faith in God, faith in his word, then you can enter into a working relationship with him. That's why Abraham was called the friend of God, because Abraham began to understand that, oh, God, God honors faith. So if I believe him and take him at his word that pleases him and makes him happy, and by doing that, we can like be friends because now we understand each other. I understand what makes him tick and he understands uh, what it is that I desire and what I like. So now we can come together and we can work off, off of a faith-based relationship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? 
Hmm, tell me, what do you have in the house? Well, that's none of your business, man of God. Oh, well, okay, well, then just go ahead and have a nice day. And, uh, you know, here's a napkin, because a tissue, because you're going to be doing a lot of crying when they, when they carry your two boys away today. Well, I'm going to take them and get them in the car. We're going to drive away. Oh, no, they'll catch up with you. This is the law. This is something that you can't run from. And if you run, they'll catch you and they'll eventually get those two boys. Payment doesn't cease when your husband died. Uh, the note is still due and we're here to extract that payment some form, some fashion, some way, even if we have to possess your children. Obviously, you don't have a car. We repossess that. Uh, we'll take your kids. They'll do just fine. So uh, here's the thing. You can, even, you can either work with God. You can either work with the prophet who has the word of the Lord in his mouth, or you can, you can go under, <laughs> or you can stall out, or you can get stuck on a plateau. You can even have momentum up until that point. But if you hit that, if you hit that plateau moment, you're going to have to change something. You're going to have to do something. That's same way in athletics. If you are in strength training, uh, even if you're strong, even strong guys hit plateaus. Maybe it's their squat. Maybe it's their max bench press. And uh, you can have great strength. Maybe you can bench press 500 pounds, but you have plateaued. Well, that's it. Pastor Stephen, his human body cannot push, push past that level. He has reached his DNA potential. Really? No, he hasn't. He, he's on, he is on a plateau, but they know, the pros know, the guys that really push know that if you hit a plateau, it means you need to alter now the, the way that you're doing this. Yes, you've had momentum. You've made great gains. It's obvious, but you're on a plateau now. What do you do when you have a plateau? You gotta, you're going to have to shake things up. Uh, they call it shocking the muscle. Why? Muscle has memory. And so we're going to have to vary the routine to kind of uh, hit these muscles in a way they haven't been hit before. Why? Stimulate new growth. So uh, you can keep going. There's new levels that you can go to. But in order to do that, you're, you're going to have to jump in there and hit this thing. Hit this thing. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Why? Because we're going to hit this thing. You need to do something. You need to change it up. It's obviously not working at this moment. It, yes, maybe it worked before. Maybe it worked before or up until that point, you had good momentum, but now you're at an impasse. Now you're at a place where you need to do something. Let me tell you, my friends, it takes kingdom giving to get up, but it also takes kingdom giving to remain up. This is a lifestyle. Yes, Pastor Stephen, in 2012, we experienced a great breakthrough. Hmm. Hmm. But don't you think it's time for another one? After all, what triggered the breakthrough? Well, Pastor Stephen, we sowed and we gave and we had a great breakthrough. Well, my friends, it's, it's time to get back in there. Time to get back in there. Hallelujah. And touch the heart of the Lord. I, I'm teaching this today because some of you, I know I'm talking to you by the Spirit. You're at an impasse. I'm not saying God hasn't blessed you. And I'm not saying that you're at a point where they're about to come and take your children because they can't do that in this country. We have laws. We have regulations uh, concerning debt and the debt predators that are out there. They, they can be pretty feisty. They can be like wolves. They can make the phone calls. Maybe, but maybe you're not even in a situation like that. Maybe you're just in a place where progress is starting to has stopped or you can see that it's slowing down what do you do you need to start looking for something in your house that you can put into the hands of God to work with you have to give God something to work with tell me what do you have in your house and she said your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil oh well I thought you had nothing well it's just a jar of oil yeah, but you said you didn't have anything. Well, it's just a jar of oil. Yes, that may be all you have, but that's all, that's all God's asking for. That's all he needs. It reminds me of the time of uh, a funny story. I can relate. Uh, Jesse, DePan uh, Jesse DePlantis, an evangelist out of uh, Louisiana. Uh, many of you have seen him on television, of course. He talked about the time when he was starting off in ministry that he had saved 
$10,000. And at that point in his life, I mean, that's just like, I mean, you feel like you've got a Fort Knox, you know, when you've got a, a security and a savings like that. He had $10,000 saved. So he's sitting in the meeting and in the, uh, he's not ministering. He's just in, uh, he's in this meeting and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, give $10,000 in the offering. And he said, he said, Lord, (laughs) he said, that's all I've got. And the Lord replied instantly right back and said, that's all I'm asking for. Mm. So do you see that? Well, uh, all I've got is a jar of oil. Oh, well, that's all, that's all God's asking for. Yeah, but that's all I have. Well, but you have it. You have it. See, there is something in your house that is your miracle that releases that miracle that God wants to do in your life. You may think it's uh, not that important, or in some ways, maybe it is significant because you don't have much, and that's that's that thing that is that reserve. That's that thing that is your safety net. Kind of makes you feel good just having it that there. But it's the thing that, if you release it to the Lord, causes a miracle to be released in your life causes progress to spring forth. And so uh, she presents it and says, okay, this is all I've got. uh, So let God do with it what he can. You, uh, You can read the story, long story short, God does miracle multiplication. God does miracle debt cancellation. She's able to take the oil and sell it because it's been multiplied, pays off the debt where her two children are now able to, you know, uh, not be looking over their shoulder for the debt collector because the debt collector has been paid off and there's extra to live off of. So this is, this is more than just getting your debts miraculously paid off, but this is also having abundance so that you can live comfortably. And it all came out of something that was in her house. Pastor Stephen, I would love to be able to give, but I don't have any money. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I don't have any seed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe you don't have any money, but I've never met a person on the planet ever. And I've traveled all over the world. I've never met a person on the planet, though, who doesn't have some form of of seed. Oh, there's something in the house. It's just maybe the person hasn't recognized that's the seed that is the miracle that I need when I release it to the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I want you to pray for me. I would really like to be able to sow a seed and give an offering, but I don't have any money. But please pray for me because my chocolate business is about to go under and my chocolate company is really struggling. I I don't have any money to give an offering, but Pastor Stephen, please intercede for me. Oh, oh, you don't have one chocolate bar sitting over there somewhere where that you can sow to a man of God? will come into agreement with you for a miracle? Oh, not that a man of God can't go out and buy his own Hershey bar, preferably Hershey bar with almonds, or maybe the the Hershey's with the Rice Krispies. The best one of all, the Mr. Good bar. Mm, Boy, I like those. Oh, I'm not trying to drop hints. I want chocolate. I'm I'm just giving creative illustrations. You never thought about getting a box of chocolates? They are, after all, they're your chocolates, and sending a box... And not just an old box that's about to go out of date and expire because it's no good any longer, but know your very best box and send that to the man of God in your life, believing that when that is received and touched by God's anointing, that God can restore your business and lift your business. Well, I never knew I could send that as a seed, a box of chocolates. You've got seed all around you. All you need is eyes to see it. <laughs> Not the seed that's about to expire. Yes, we're going to give that one to the Lord. No, no, no. Give God the best one. Give God the best one. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm talking because some of you are stuck. You're plateaued and you don't know what to do. All I'm trying to tell you, there's a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your house. And when you sow it, it will allow you to keep on moving. It's, and I'm talking about not just normal progress, but boom, I'm talking about momentum and then even going to a new level. 
I'm excited to share this with you today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Oops, 1 Kings. 1 Corinthians is good too, but I think we can pull we can pull some scriptures here from the Old Testament. I just want to give you one more example. 1 Kings chapter 17. Classic story. Oh, love this story. Uh, let's jump into the life of Elijah. We just looked at an example from Elisha, his successor. Uh, but this is Elijah, First uh, Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Well, he, he gave the word and he locked the heavens. I'm talking about the atmospheric heavens. He locked it up, no rain for three and a half years. And you could get up in an airplane and cloud seed the clouds. It's not going to rain. It doesn't matter what anybody does. We're, uh, you know, we're going to pray and fast that it rain where you can, but he's locked it. So ain't nothing going to happen until he unlocks it. Why? Authority was given to him to do that. And since he is the head of that authority over that area, it cannot be usurped. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Well, eventually the brook dries up because there had been no rain in the land. No rain. Water is a scarcity. Fresh drinking water is a rarity. Mm. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. I don't know what's going through Elijah's mind. Maybe he's thinking, wonderful. I'm, I'm ready to get away from this brook. I, I appreciate the ravens, but um, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of uh, interesting animals. Uh, so I'm on the move. I'm going to go stay at a widow's house. Hope she's got a nice place. Maybe it's, maybe it's a 5,000 square foot spread. Maybe the refrigerator is full and maybe just maybe there's a swimming pool, preferably a, a saltwater swimming pool uh, in the backyard. So he leaves, uh, he leaves this area of hiding and uh, leaves the brooks, the brook Cherith, and he's on the way to his location where God has already commanded somebody to take care of him. Praise God. Mm-mm. So he arose and went to Zarephath. <laughs> and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to be a 5,000 uh, square foot nice place to stay. But after all, there's a famine. So um, we're not going to complain. We'll accept whatever provision God has uh, lined up here. And let's see what we have going on. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Very interesting. Can you imagine if that hit the front page of the modern newspapers? Prophet demands last cup of water from poor old widow woman. Scams widow woman out of a cup of water. I don't expect the unbelievers to understand God's way of doing things. I don't expect them to understand it. I know they criticize it, uh, but they don't understand God's principles of seed time and harvest. Fascinating. I, I think even today that people are losing basic knowledge of seed time and harvest to where when people go to a grocery store and see all of these vegetables and all of this fruit I don't even think some people know where it came from. Uh, I, I think that they just think somehow it grows in the back of the grocery store, that, that, it, that it's somehow produced by some kind of a machine. No, it, came, it all came from a seed, and then a farmer harvested uh, the crop from the, the harvest of that, sold it, the grocery store chain bought it, and here it is. It came, out of a, came from a tree, came out of the ground, and uh, you, you, you have, you have uh, young people today that have no idea where a banana comes from. They just think it shows up somewhere. Well, it comes from a banana tree. The tree came from a banana seed. And on and on it goes. 
seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. Shall not cease. It will always be in operation. He called to her and he said, please bring me a little cup of water. Well, don't forget this is drought. This is famine. This is no fresh water anywhere. It's a scarcity. And he's asking for some. Well, she's willing to do it. As she was going to get it, he called to her. How about this? Watch this. And said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jaw, a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Eat it and die. Yes. Yes. A little of oil can be seed. And if you eat your seed, you could go under. It's not God's will for you to go under. That seed is for sowing. That seed is to get you unstuck. That seed is to return your momentum and take you to a new level of understanding of God and of experiencing harvest and of being a righteous influence in the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's trying to get you unstuck today. There's something in your house. Maybe it's just a little cup of water. Maybe it's only one last meal. Pastor Stephen, ain't nobody going to get my last meal. Okay, go ahead and eat it. And uh, we'll read about your funeral in the obituary column of the newspaper. But for those who want to live, <laughs> for those who say, I am at the point of my destiny moment and I'm going through what is in my house. Where is it? Because I'll tell you right now, it is somewhere in your house. It's somewhere within your, your control of your stuff. It's there somewhere. I don't have anything, Pastor Stephen. Yes, you do. I've never met anybody ever who doesn't have it. It's there somewhere. It's there somewhere. Praise the Lord. You know, I was well, in a place one time of great destitution. Really, I was at my last meal. I had $4 left in my wallet. I knew uh, that I could go to McDonald's and go out in style. I, uh, you know, because at that time the McDonald's had the $1 value meal. You could get a cheeseburger for a dollar, you get a Coke for a dollar, you get a French fry for a dollar, throw some change in there, but you could still have that. Maybe at that time, I think you could squeeze in the, um, the apple pie because they had it for 50 cents. So I thought, wow, I've got $4 left. I was homeless living in a cardboard box. And, um, but I'd always saved that $4 and I'm sitting in a meeting I'm sitting in the meeting. Everybody in the meeting is well fed. Everybody is, is, is flourishing. <laughs> I didn't see anybody hungry in the meeting, uh, but I'm sitting there and I'm hungry. Haven't eaten in days and days. And uh, I'm sitting there and I've got $4 to my name. That's, but that's my house. My little cardboard box was my house. I'm telling you, your miracle is in your house. Even if your house is a cardboard box and it was mine. I'm sitting there in the meeting and I heard the voice of God speak to me while the offering basket is being passed. While the offering basket is being passed, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And remember the Holy Spirit is the voice is the voice of Jesus. He spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, give your $4 in the offering. Pastor Stephen, you need to report that preacher for receiving that offering. That preacher is trying to defraud the poor. That preacher has no sympathy for, for your situation. Well, he didn't know my situation. He didn't, he didn't know my situation. But you could see how the world would see something like that and have no clue. This is actually my way out. Let me tell you how to get out of poverty. You don't beg your way out. You don't just 
continue to get handouts because the handouts enslave you to the system that is designed to keep you trapped in it for the rest of your life. Let me tell you the biblical way to get out of poverty. You give and give and give until you break out. It's the seed of power. It's sowing the seed. And sometimes all it takes is one seed. And it was that one seed that began to turn it. Boom. I sowed it. And I went home that night. Everybody else went home to their house. I went home to a cardboard box and laid down in a cardboard box in sub freezing temperatures. And the devil said, you're going to starve. <laughs> Woo, but God said, no, you're going to be okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. God began to turn it. God began to turn it. What would have happened to Stephen Brooks if I would have gone to McDonald's and ate that last meal? I present to you, I present to you that I may not have even been on the earth today, that my life could have ended prematurely. I could have starved, literally, could have frozen, could have frozen. It got down, uh, got down to 18 degrees one night. It was tough. I can relate to the widow woman, give the last thing. All I'm saying, you want to get unstuck hey, you're not even in a cardboard box. You're already in a place where you just need a, a breakthrough. You need, you need the momentum back. You need the, the anointing back. There are some, though. There's a few, though. You are in dire straits. You are in dire straits. You really do need a miracle. God can do it. But whatever your situation is, whether you're in dire straits, you need a miracle, or whether you need the miracle to get the momentum back and keep going the good thing that's already going. I'll tell you right now, what you need is in your house, and it's up to you what you're going to do about it. But don't act like it's not there. <laughs> Woo! Pastor Stephen, it's not there. Okay, go ahead and play that game if you want. I know it's there. It's always there. And, but I, I'm, I'm speaking to people who hear and obey the Word of God. I'm speaking to people who know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is what the Holy Spirit directs you to do. Mm, mm. Hallelujah. I gave $4. The last $4 is all I had. I never made it to McDonald's. <laughs> now I, I can go to McDonald's anytime. <laughs> I like McDonald's. But, oh, I'm so glad I obeyed the Lord. Got a great place to stay. Boom. Got a full-time job. Boom. Got raised up in ministry. Boom. It just began to roll. You talking about momentum. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. It wasn't, the, it wasn't like the grand finale, but it was the breakthrough. It was the, one of the, uh, it will go down in my life as a watershed moment, one of the key breakthrough moments. And it all was because I realized what I had in my house and I didn't eat it. I sowed it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. I, I sense that I was supposed to share this with them. There's, there's some that had momentum. They're starting to lose it. This is how they get it back and break through to the next level. And there's others. They are facing bankruptcy. They are facing failure. But Father God, the miracle, the miracle you said is in their house. It's a principle that goes throughout the scriptures. So Father, we thank you. Help them to identify it and see it. It's not always money. For many, that's, that is what it is. It's a seed. Because in our present day system, we're not based on an agricultural system. But for others who maybe don't have financial seed, Father, there is still something. There's still something. There's all, it's always there. So, Father, we praise you. I ask you for your grace to touch your people, to release, to release the seed, to trust you, to trust you. And the trust, the prophetic voice that's speaking to them for their good. Father, we give you praise. I know there's going to be some very happy testimonies. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for grace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Kingdom living is exciting. Woo! 
Yes, it is. You're on the front lines. My friends, just do what the Holy Spirit would tell you to do. If this is ministering to you, look in your house, look within what is yours, find it, sow it. Praise the Lord. You know, there was a, a wonderful minister. He talked about the time that the Holy Spirit impressed upon him to sow a seed. And this was a seed that he was like, no, Lord, no, this is my harvest. And the, the, the Holy Spirit said, well, it's not your harvest. It's your, it's your seed. This is the thing that you have in your house that if you'll release it, I'll do something for you that's not even on your radar. And he took it. He took it. It was $8,500. It was, it was all he had. But that's all. That's all the Holy Spirit was pinpointing. He took it and he sowed it. And he said after he sowed it, he, he got hit with these thoughts by the enemy. Did I, you know, Lord, did I just make a mistake? Did I get like emotionally caught up by, uh, you know, you know, you spoke to me after I came out of a high meeting. Did I, you know, did I do something I wasn't supposed to do? And the Holy Spirit said, it's okay. It's all right. It's going to be okay. But he sowed that. The Holy Spirit calmed him down, removed fear, stayed in faith. And just, a, it was only, I think, within two weeks, he got, a, he got a phone call from Paul Crouch, the founder of TBN. And Paul Crouch said, I'm offering you free airtime to come on my network. And I'm going to give you a, a slot on th- Thursday night. You're going to get an evening slot. Prime time, no charge. I just like your message. I like what you're doing. Same, the same week, um, it was um, Jim Baker called from PTL, praise the Lord, and off- offered that minister free airtime. And within a few months, within a few months, God gave him, through that exposure, God gave him 100,000 ministry partners. Mm. Glory. Glory to God. Balls in your court. That's always the way it is. Elisha said, what's in your house? In other words, bounces the ball back to her. We, you know, you have a part. You've got to give God something to work with. I'm trying to get some of you unstuck. Praise the Lord. Get off the plateau. You're destined to fly much higher. You're destined to fly much higher. Look to the Lord. Anything that you do, do it with faith and do it with joy. Okay? So for those of you that would like to sow, you would like to sow something special just because you're touched by this, this message, then just sow a seed and dance and rejoice in the Lord and say, I'm going forward. I'm getting unstuck. I'm getting off the plateau. I'm getting divine momentum, and I'm continuing in the grace of God faster, higher, further than I've ever gone before. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, bless your people. We thank you. Help us to look and see what's in the house and what we can do for anybody that would like to get unstuck. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let's take communion today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Let's take this together. Father, we thank you for the bread, for the grape juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Blessed be your name, O God. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it in faith, knowing that we are people of faith, that we are emulating our spiritual father, Abraham, the father of those in the faith. We give you praise. We believe you. We trust you. Thank you, Father. We receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I'm on an island all by myself. I don't have anything in the house. Oh, what's that pineapple bush over there doing? Oh, that's just a pineapple bush, Pastor Stephen. Oh, looks like it's got pineapples on it. Oh, it looks like there's something in your house after all. There's always something in the house. There's always something that you can do to honor the Lord, to break free, to move forward. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for eyes to see what's in the house. 
We give you praise. We thank you. We are people of faith. We now receive the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's drink joy of the Lord coming into your life. Happiness, joy, hilarious spirit of giving in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord Jesus delights and loves a joyful, hilarious, quick to do it giver. Praise God. Praise God. Rejoice. Jump around and dance around your house and look for the miracle that's in your house and obey the Holy Spirit. Be joyful. Be joyful. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And trust me, as you look, you'll see it's there and it is your miracle. Father, bless your people. We thank you for a week of breakthroughs, of getting unstuck, of moving off of plateaus. We thank you. We thank you that we are kingdom minded, miracle mentality minded. And we thank you that you are moving us forward in Jesus name. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.